So I had to go back to Auschwitz, to that lion's den, and look at the lion in her face, to reclaim my innocence, to assign the shame and guilt to the perpetrator. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Well, what would you like people to know about you and how would you want to be remembered? I'd like to be known as someone who did everything in her power, everything, to see to it that it will never happen again. Mm. I'm into prevention. Yeah. I don't ask why me. I say, what now? Why is a past-oriented world a problem-oriented world? I like to deal with the present and think young. Mm -hmm. So when a man takes me out and he's trying to figure out how old am I, Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask him to take me home. Because if he's into numbers, he's not my man. (laughs) What should he be into? I think he would be interested in uh, perhaps uh, what really gives me joy. What is that? Joy in my heart. Like I have joy knowing that I have three children. Mm-hmm. I have five grandchildren and seven grand, great-grandsons. Mm. All sons, great-grandsons. All sons, no, no wow. girls. No. Yeah, so I, I think it's good to really know that uh, many people ask me, write a book, write a book, write a book. And I would say automatically, I have nothing to say. Yeah. I have nothing to say. I have a lot to say. Yeah. And so do you. Mm-hmm. And you're committed to really change the people who don't think that they matter mm-hmm. because there'll never be another you. Right. You're one of a kind, mm. diamond. I see it in your eyes. You know, mm-hmm. you're very precious. Thank you. You're very, very precious. And I know many people probably have changed because they knew that what they're doing now, they are revolving, not evolving. Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean, revolving, not evolving? You're revolving that you go back and do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. Right. Repeating the same thing. Which is pattern. the definition of insanity. insanity. Yeah. Yeah. Someone said that. It said Einstein, I think, right? Yeah. I think Einstein. it was Einstein. Yeah. I'm curious. Now, you have seven grands, grandsons, right? Right. Seven grandsons. I think, are the two twins, the two-year-olds, are yeah. those the youngest grandsons yeah, you have? Yeah, the youngest, yeah. So there's 93 years-ish between you and your youngest grandsons. Exactly. And they come with their head because they know I'm going to kiss it. <laughs> I so love they that. just beautiful. come and bring their little head. This is pretty good. You kiss there. it. And that, I, I don't know other people who kiss their head. That's beautiful. I, <laughs> That's great. But I, I do. I'm curious. What is the, 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 you know, they, at this moment, they don't know the type of life you've had, right? Not until they're a little older will they understand no. the stories and hear the stories about yeah. your whole experience from what, uh, you know, their great-grandmother went through and how you overcame so many challenges and mm-hmm. obstacles and how you became uh, a member of society for hope and inspiration. I'm curious if you could share three lessons with them to set them up for their life. I what would those three lessons be? I probably would tell them that I will never forget what happened. I don't know what means to overcome. I don't think I, I don't know exactly what that means, but I came to terms with it. Mm-hmm. I call it my cherished wound. 
cherished wound. Yes. I cherish the wound that I learned in the classroom of Auschwitz. How does someone learn to cherish their wounds if something is so tragic you and so traumatic? You don't appreciate what you have until we lose it. Mm -hmm. See, if you take me out to dinner, and you might do that, take me out to lunch, yeah. uh, I think I'm going to eat up my food, and then I'm going to pick up your leftovers. Uh -huh. And if I don't do that, I'll take it home. Uh -huh. I never waste any food. Wow. I never leave food on my plate or in your plate. <laughs> <laughs> I do something with it and I give it away. Mm -hmm. You know. Why do you do that? One time I had a party and I had a lot of leftovers. And I went out and I... I saw someone at the corner waiting, and I gave them the food. Why do you? Why is that something you do? I thought, you know, they must be hungry. Yeah. But they didn't want food. They wanted money. Mm -hmm. So they threw it back at me. Oh. I don't want your goddamn food. <laughs> Give me money. Right. Yeah. What's another thing you'd share with your grandkids, your great-grandkids? Well, right now, they're too young to listen to anything. But my great-grandson are uh, 15, 12, and 10. Mm -hmm. And they're very interested in uh, grandma. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm a very interesting person to be with. I have a lot to say, mm -hmm. and not what happens, it's what you do with it. Right. I think uh, the coming to terms with the cherished wound, it's like creating meaning around what happened, right? Exactly. The existential vacuum, mm -hmm. Viktor Frankl used to refer to that, and it's very important uh, to know that it's not clinical depression. Why do people get that confused? Yeah, well, I had two paraplegics both coming from Vietnam, same symptomatology, same diagnosis. Okay. And one of them was in a kind of a fetal position. Why me? How could anyone do this to me? Uh, blaming God, blaming, you name it, the country, of course. Mm -hmm. Conversely, the other one said to me, same symptomatology, same diagnosis, same prognosis. He said to me, hey, Doc, I was wearing a white coat, and it said, Dr. Eager, Department of Psychiatry. Uh -huh. Okay. He says, hey, Doc, I'm so grateful that I sit in a wheelchair because I can reach my children much closer. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe it? Wow. And I can and reach the flowers much closer, and I felt like a biggest imposter because I had a 16-year-old in me that I ran away from. Mm. I really wasn't qualified to take them further because I have not taken myself. Wow. You know, I went to school and I went to school, and, you know, I became Dr. Edith Iwaiga, but I never really did the work and... Really? The so healing I work? I went back to Auschwitz. When did uh, you go back? Uh, I asked my sister to come with me, um, probably in the 70s mm -hmm. or 80s, and she told me I'm an idiot. And that was the end of that, my sister coming with me, and I went alone. And today the work I do to revisit the places where you've been to relive that experience, but then you revise your life. Mm -hmm. Relive the experience and then revise your life. Exactly. Rewrite the it's story. It's not going back. It's a new beginning. Oh, wow. So when you went there, what opened up for you? What, what did, you, did you feel a lot of sadness I, and pain, or is that where you started to rewrite I, it? I was angry, and I didn't know what to do 
with anger. I, I, I ran from it, but I was angry. I was mad as hell, and I had to find a way to turn depression into expression. Mm-hmm. What happens if we continue to run from anger in our lives? We just build it up. It doesn't go away. You can't run away from it. You cannot run away. It's better to face it, not fight it, or run from it. No. So I did go back to Auschwitz, and today the work I do, that yes, I hold your hand, mm-hmm. and we revisit your little room, the, your little home, uh, the hallway, and you're holding my hand. I'm taking you out of there. Wow. Because that was then, and this is now. And you can find that little boy in you, mm. the little girl in you, and buy him an ice cream cone. Mm. And uh, because that little boy is crying. What happens if we never revisit the little boy or girl inside we of us? We have unresolved grief. Wow. And I think that's what therapy is. Right. It's all grief work. Not what right. happened, what didn't happen. Right. Because I remember when my granddaughter mm-hmm. asked me to buy her a beautiful dress, which I am very good at, uh-huh. uh, buying good dresses, so she could go to bishop school to a dance. Uh-huh. And I come home, and out of the blue, I'm crying. The word understand, mm. I didn't understand. What's the matter with me? I just bought little precious Lindsay, a beautiful dress. I right. think it was a Laura Ashley uh, original. And, but I realized that I'm not crying because Lindsay is going to the dance. I cried because I never went to a dance. Mm. So I think the unresolved grief is important to make peace with. So when something like that happened for you or happens in any of our lives, what can we do to face it? And I I have a photo on my phone of myself when I was younger, right? And that little boy. Exactly, to go back into those places that were wounded and have a conversation, and I, you know, I talk to him, and I, I reflect, and, let and I go back. Let him feel the feeling, yeah. rather than talk about the feeling. Mm, let him feel it. What we do in America, we, we're hearing, but maybe not listening. It's very good to repeat what you hear, and they tell you whether it's true or false. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important to write your book. Mm-hmm. So you said anger is something that... Not the primary emotion. It's not the primary. So when someone feels anger, what is it they really feel? Fear. Afraid of what? Um, fear of being found out Ooh. that your true self. Is it fear of being found out your true self is not lovable or not enough or you're, you're never exactly. going to amount to anything exactly. or is never going to, exactly. no one's going to accept you. That you're a fake. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you think everyone feels that way at some point in life? I think it's very seldom that a person never regresses anything. I think it's important to acknowledge that you say to yourself, if I knew them, what I know now, mm-hmm. I could have done things differently. Right. And that's it. That's the end of that. That's it. That's it. But why do we hold on to the pain so long? And why do we shame ourselves and beat ourselves up emotionally? Because, because we didn't have the knowledge when we were 5 or 10 or 16 or 20. Maybe we didn't have good role models. Mm-hmm. That it's okay to feel any feelings without the fear of being judged. Mm. There is no right feeling or wrong feeling. There is only my feeling. Yeah. And underneath of anger is fear. So it's very good to ride on all your fears from the least anxiety producing to the most anxiety. And then we knock them down mm. because we were not born with fear. 
you were born with love, joy, and passion for life. Mm-hmm. I love that you say this because I feel like I'm full of passion. You are. You're feisty. You're feisty. Yes. I like it. <laughs> yes, sir. I love this idea of writing down your fears and then knocking them down. Knock them down because you were not born with them. You learned it. Mm-hmm. What, when did you start to knock down your fears? How old were you roughly? I think I was 16 in Auschwitz. And I developed inside something that I cherish today, my inner resources, that I don't look at life from outside in. And I give up my need for other people's approval. You, you did that when you were 16? I did that. Wow. You gave up your need for other people's approval then. Exactly. What does that do for you when you give up the need? It gave me my true self. Your authentic, expressive yes. self. That I am my own good mommy mm. to me. Yes. And then I ask, is this empowering me or depleting me? Mm-hmm. If I'm going to have alcohol, I'm messing with my brain. So you're not going to do something to try to look good in front of others and try to make others like you. What the neighbors think about us, yes. Right. Wow. I think very important for children, especially for the father, to be a good role model to the children, the way he treats the children's mother, Mm -hmm. his wife. Mm -hmm. How should the father treat the, the mother specifically? Never raise your voice. Mm. When you're angry in English, you start the sentence with you. You are stupid. You. When you hear you, you're going to be dumped on and you say to yourself, the longer they talk, the more relaxed I become. You take the negative stimuli, turn it immediately into something positive. I think Mm -hmm. there is a Mexican psychiatrist who wrote a little book that is very valuable, and it's called The Four Agreements. Agreements. So good. Don't take anything personally. Don't take it personally. It's so powerful. How does someone learn to not take it personally? If someone's saying, you did this, and you're stupid, and you're... How do you learn to just be peaceful around it? I know better. Uh That's what you think. Mm-hmm. And this is what I feel. And men are not taught to feel the feelings. Mm-hmm. They talk about the feeling. They analyze the feeling. Uh, they medicate the feeling rather than just feeling the feeling. Mm-hmm. A good cry, what comes out of your body, mm-hmm. will never make you ill. What stays in there does. Mm-hmm. Like pus, you know, you have to get it out. Get it out. Get it out. So that's scream how. Scream it out. Scream it out. In the car. In, in a pillow. Scream. Yeah. Cry and then laugh like a hyena and you feel better. Laugh like a hyena? Yeah. Just <laughs> get it out. Shake it out. Shake it out. How should uh, you know, uh, a wife? be around her husband with her kids. So what is happening? The husband comes home and the wife already knows just by looking at him that there is something going on. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't say anything because he doesn't say anything either because he's scared. If he's going to say something, things are going to get worse. She's scared. She's scared. Mm -hmm. They're both scared but they don't really sit down, which, is, which I do really to make them really see what's really going on. But don't the line, if they don't do that, they will miss passion in life, for sure. I don't know what else right now to think of. Passion, joy, mm-hmm. joy and passion, for sure. Yeah. So if you want joy and passion, have a fight, 
but pay attention how you finish a fight. How should you finish the fight? That's right, that you can agree to disagree, uh-huh. that not I'm right, you're wrong, I'm good, you're bad, mm-hmm. none of that. Yeah. We're human, we do make mistakes, and mm-hmm. we have a good talk about it, and right. hopefully learn from it so we won't repeat it. Right, right. And you worked with Viktor Frankl too, right? Didn't you work with I him? I worked with Viktor Frankl very much. I remember we were in Germany, and we danced together. We danced together? Yes. Was and, he a good dancer? And then he said something, is this the last tango? I think it was Regensburg or one of those places um, where we had our conference. Um, Viktor Frankl was, like you, a kind of a Renaissance man. Mm. He was taking flying lessons. When I met him, he was in his 70s. Wow. He died when he was 92. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was truly my mentor. What was, what, was your big, what was your biggest lessons from him that he taught you? The logo therapy. Logo means uh, finding purpose and meaning in your life. It's called the existential vacuum that most people are called clinical depression. No. What is clinical depression a thing or is there a way to get out of it without medication? Yeah, well, we pathologize. Uh, we pathologize too much. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's, it's very good to make the diagnosis that doesn't have to pathologize, like I'm sad, Mm -hmm. I'm scared, you know, to use the language that it doesn't have to go to diagnosis and medical. Medicine is important, you know. Mm -hmm. We have our blood, and that needs to be hopefully well attended to. Yeah. We have our environment, but the way you respond to the other two, I have a choice. Mm. To respond or react. When you react, you don't think. How does someone learn how to pause when there's an event, when there's a a a trigger? Take a deep breath, and if that doesn't work, take another deep breath. (laughs) Keep breathing until you react. Keep breathing, because you cannot change What's outside of you? Mm-hmm. The environment, the event, what occurs? You really are very powerless. Mm-hmm. But you have power the way you choose to take the negative and turn it into positive. Because suffering makes you stronger. Suffering is part of life. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to minimize suffering in our lives? You learn from history, so you won't repeat it. Yes. That's why it's good to write a book. Mm-hmm. Write a book. People told me for years, write a book, write a book. And I would say, I have nothing to say, I have nothing to say. But then Philip Zimbardo one morning calls me and says, you know, Edie, the people who survived and are famous are all men. We need a female voice. Mm. And that's my book, The Choice. Right. A female voice of Victor Frank. Wow, it's beautiful. You mentioned, I want to ask you about the fear, the fears again, writing down a list of your fears and then knocking them down. What happens internally when we start to knock these fears down and we over... You replace it with something else. See, when, when you're in a car and you have to switch gears, you know, it talks to you, the car. Uh-huh. So what you need to do is switch gears and release the clutch. What are you holding on to? 
my definition of love is the ability to let go. Mm. Let go. Don't live in the past. You cannot change the past. That's one thing you cannot change, is the past. I don't live in the past. Mm -hmm. I don't forget it or overcome it. That's why I call it my cherished wound, because part of me was left in Auschwitz, Mm. but not the better part, not the bigger part. How do you reclaim that part from that? You go back to that place, and you can do it in your office with a gestalt chair. Mm -hmm. Put them in that chair, tie them up, Mm -hmm. and beat them up. Sure. Yeah. Wow. How could you do this to me? I was only eight years old, you know, and you get it out, scream it out, and beat them up. If we don't get that emotion out, then we're the ones that suffer, right? Yeah, because forgiveness has nothing to do with me forgiving you for what you did to me. I don't have any godly power at all, but I do have a power to look at everything that happened into an opportunity, for an opportunity. And that was Auschwitz, the biggest classroom, the most important one I have gone to. Wow. So do we need to forgive the person that created the pain? Do we need to forgive ourselves? What is harder? I think we create a time when I give you myself permission. That's a very good word. Mm-hmm. Give myself permission to let go of the pain and replace it with self-love, which is self-care, which is not narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Love give- yourself. Mm-hmm. Is not narcissist. Yeah. So give yourself, give myself permission to let go of the pain from the past. Permission is a key word. And then replace it with self-love. You know, if I could meet Dr. Mangala now, I really wanted to meet him, and uh, I found out where he was, but I never really ended up meeting him in person. He went to South America. Most of the Nazis went through the, the Roman Catholics somehow helped them mm-hmm. to go through them to go to South America. America. Yeah. What would you have said to him? If you could have met him, what would you have said to him? I would probably tell him I have no idea what I would have done if I would have been in your shoes. You must have felt very powerful sending my mother to the gas chamber because he asked me, is this your sister or is this your mother? I still want to cry. And now that stupidly I said it's my mother because I could not forgive myself that if I would have said my sister, she wouldn't have gone to the gas chamber. Mm. But then I had to recognize that I did what I could. No, you did the best. And I did the best I could. Yeah. So forgiving yourself and not to judge yourself, mm-hmm. you got to you got to really, truly do the work. Yeah. That's powerful. I'm curious. Suffering is uh, make you stronger. How much? Don't of, ask for it. <laughs> I don't want suffering. Please. <laughs> you don't, want, you don't need to ask for it. It's not a must. No, no, no. no but it but makes you stronger. But when it happens, recognize that mm-hmm. it's temporary. Yes, yes. And you can survive it. Mm-hmm. So you become your own good parent. Yes. Are you a good parent to you? Uh-huh. Now I am. Yeah. Okay. After a lot of the healing work. Yeah. 
Now I'm a very good parent to myself. Yeah. I feel a lot of peace inside. Well, you're I didn't feel that for years. Yeah. You say what you live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's a constant journey, you know. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But a lot of your, you know, the first time I interviewed you, I was really inspired by how you shared so much wisdom about how to not take things personally and how to reinterpret when someone's saying something to you, just say, no, well, I actually, you're saying the opposite to yourself of like how you love yourself and how you're generous and kind. So I really appreciate that. You know, just a very simple question. Whatever you're doing now, you ask, how is it working for you? Yeah. Is it empowering you or depleting you? Mm-hmm. And I'm curious about potential. You know, the potential that each one of us has as human beings. Yes. How much of our potential is limited or blocked or shut down if we do not learn to heal the different traumatic moments of our life? Can we still reach our potential if we don't face trauma? Or is it going to be limited? I think we're going to be chronic victims. And every time you are a victim... You're going to find the victimizer. Mm -hmm. Or you fluctuate between victim, becoming victimizer. And it's very important to think about what you're going to say before you say it, Mm -hmm. whether it's important, whether it's necessary, and whether it's kind. Mm -hmm. If it's not kind... Is it important? Is it necessary? Is it kind? It's kind. Yeah. If it's not kind, you're just not going to say it. Don't say it. How do we create a life where we don't become victims, where we are empowered no matter what happens? Even if there is a, something that occurs in life, an event that feels like we are a victim, how do we turn it so that we aren't a victim? Because I feel like being a victim is disempowering. You cannot right? be a victim without a victimizer. Uh-huh. If you're a victim, you're always going to find a victimizer. Or you fluctuate between victim. Because victims are weak and victimizers are, are strong. So part of the psyche will identify with the aggressor. That's what we call a Stockholm Syndrome. Mm-hmm. Is there moments in life where we should be victims? Or is it never a good time to be a victim? I think uh, I... Like, does anything good I come never from see myself that my identity would be being a victim. Mm-hmm. I have no room for that in my life. I'm not a victim. I was victimized. It's not who I am. It's what was done to me. Very different. Mm-hmm. Very different. That I'm, is, I'm innocent. Right. Because yesterday's victims can easily become today's victimizers. Mm-hmm. That's true. I'm sure you know a great deal about that. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Well, I mean, I was... I don't know if you know this, but I was sexually abused when I was five years old by a man that I didn't know, a babysitter's son. And he was probably 16, 17. And uh, I've talked about this many times on my show, but for 25 years, I was angry about it. I held on to the anger, the frustration, you know, and I wanted to get back at people. And I wanted to, and I always felt like there was an abuse happening to me, like people were abusing me in life. That was kind of the wound that I didn't heal. And when I started the healing journey 10 years ago, mm-hmm. I really allowed myself to let that go and mm-hmm. forgive myself and forgive... Go through the rage. All of it, yeah. I mean, it was a process. You cannot forgive <laughs> without going oh, through man. the rage. Oh, I went through it, yeah. And, um, and when I thought about it, I was like, okay, well... Maybe this child, maybe if this... If you go to therapy, uh-huh. ask your therapist to sit on you. To sit on me. Yeah, and don't let you get up. Uh-huh. 
you have to fight your way up uh-huh. and get them g- off of give you. it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But good. Yeah. yeah. Get that thing. Get it out. Uh, yeah. There is a difference between revenge mm-hmm. and forgiveness. Yes. Revenge gives you a satisfaction. Momentarily. Very momentarily. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said. Forgiveness gives you freedom. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back to Auschwitz. To that lion's den and look at the lion in her face. To reclaim my innocence, to assign the shame and guilt to the perpetrator. Not on yourself. But no. On them. Yeah. No more. I'm free. Mm. Did you feel free from that moment forward, or did did you have to go back a few times and really let it out more? I think it's a lifelong process. Yeah. Really, I didn't have to go back to Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. No, not, not at all. I. One of the things I was asked by physicians, which was interesting, have I ever saw birds in Auschwitz? Ever saw birds? I never saw birds in Auschwitz. Why is that? I guess the smell. Birds are probably pick up the terrible smell. Wow. How long were you there for again? Do you remember? I was there from May until December. That's a long time. Yes. You know, my daughter called me from Auschwitz, and she said, I'm wearing a fur coat, I'm wearing boots, and I'm freezing. What did you do, Mom? Oh, my gosh. I said, I didn't have any boots. I didn't have any fur coat. I, I... I had a little flimsy little something, and I did what I needed to do. How did you keep your spirit strong enough to survive that? That it's temporary. You told yourself this is temporary? I don't like it. It's inconvenient. And don't say but. Mm. And it's temporary. Because after all, it is temporary. Yeah. I don't know where we're going from here. Wow. Maybe I'm going to meet my mom and... You see what I miss? That I never had a mother-daughter talk. Like... You mean after that? Well, when when you get married, you Mm -hmm. talk to your mother about sex, about money, about in-laws, mm. God knows what else. You didn't else. have any of those conversations. Any of those conversations. I didn't have. What do you wish your mom would have told you? It's just for me not to fake anything, mm-hmm. to be my true self. You know, my mother told me that I'm glad you have brains because you have no looks. You know that. And, and so I became a very erudite um, person. I had my own book club. Mm. I read The Interpretation of Dreams by Freud when I was 14. Yeah, very different. And nowadays children are... Uh, are not really as curious. Mm-hmm. I was always very curious. What's going to happen next? Where I'm going to go from here? Yeah. You're very curious. And I think the curiosity helped me to survive. Wow, the curiosity. The curiosity. Well, I'm glad I'm a curious person then. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. always asking questions and very curious. Wonderful. Yeah. Sometimes you're Jewish, you know, you ask a question and you answer it with a question. Right. <laughs> How are you? How do you think I am? <laughs> I like that. So something happened this weekend and yes. you were contemplating whether you wanted to come here. Yes. And we got a message yesterday that you, that you weren't going to come, but then you did want to come. Yes. And I'm so sorry for your loss about your sister. 
Thank you. From this weekend. Thank and you. I, and I want to know um, why you wanted to come here after your sister's passing this, this weekend. To bring you my true self that I'm grieving mm -hmm. and feeling and healing. Yeah. My sister is with me. The spirit never dies. And I hope I'll be happy in my deathbed. Mm. And I'm not going to ask what the world has given me. But you and I are going to probably ask, how can I contribute to the world that makes us human beings mm -hmm. getting together and see how we can empower each other with our differences. Mm -hmm. And you can be you and I can be I. Right. And just empower each other. You do it your way, I do it my way. When we think about the perspective of what will the world give me versus what can I bring to the world and yeah. to humanity, yes. why do some people think, what, what will the world give me? And what is the trap behind thinking that way versus how can I be of service to the world? Well, they're givers and takers. And uh, hopefully I am a giver. And I will do less blaming and pushing myself for more and more and more. You know, I just do the best I can, and that's good enough. Yeah. Good enough is good enough. Have you been blaming for a while? I, I have been maybe rough on myself that I could do more than I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But I am forgiving myself right. that I give and do the best I can do. Yeah, yeah. I do get up in the morning, and I look at life as one day. The morning sunshine will not come back, and... Uh, and I'm very comfortable at 95, mm -hmm. hoping maybe that I do what's humanly possible yeah. and then hand it over to God. Wow, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I've got a few more questions I want to ask you, um, but I, I wanted to ask uh, the biggest lessons that your sister taught you because mm -hmm. you both experienced a very tragic event for many months together. You both, you know, learned to heal and you came together and you've, you know, you've had a great experience with her. What have been the, what have been the biggest lessons that she taught you? Because she was your older sister, correct? My older sister. Yeah. I was the youngest mm -hmm. in the family. The most charming, right, in the family. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh. I think my parents really wanted a son after two girls, and I came along, and that was not what they wanted, mm -hmm. and I felt it. Um, Magda, was a very good survivor. She was full of jokes. We always talked about food. Mm -hmm. That's all we talked about, <laughs> food. I think she stopped really living and uh, it's been now perhaps many, many months or maybe years that she gave up her piano. Mm. She gave up her piano lessons and she gave up bridge. Mm -hmm. She was a bridge player. I think she played with Omar Sharif, but I cannot guarantee mm -hmm. But Magda has been uh, extremely brilliant with... Uh, 
numbers. So what she did in school, she did your homework, but she didn't want your money. She wants you to bring her food. <laughs> a roast beef sandwich, or mm. God knows, fried chicken. <laughs> fried chicken was always very good. My mother bought little chickens, mm. and it was so delicious. Wow. Or Hungarian salami. Have you been to Hungary? I haven't been. Uh, no, I've been to Poland uh, and other places in Europe, but no, not Hungary. To Hungary. I'll have to go. Yeah. I think the Hungarians are good survivors as a rule. Mm -hmm. What's the thing you'll hold? There is a song in Hungary that the woman is is best when she's beaten up. Wow. It's not very kind. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. kind. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, Hungarian women learned how to deal with men mm. and give them compli compliments even when they don't deserve it. Wow. So women are wise, not smart but wise mm -hmm. how to go through the man's stomach wow. and make him the food that he likes. Mm -hmm. Like a certain roast beef that you make in Hungarian style. Wow. Or the chicken with a lot of paprika on it and garlic on it. I make, I make a very good garlic chicken. Mm. You do, right I now. make it. Next Today, time, I'm, next time I'm in San Diego, I'm gonna get some tell chicken. Tell me, and I will. I'll, I'll, I'm there for the chicken. I'll, I'll do. I'll do the. The chicken. Do, the chicken and a dance with you. Okay. Yes. Okay. A little it's salsa. A deal. Yeah. It's a deal. What would you say is the thing you hold in your heart dearest about your sister? The thing you'll you'll take with you. Her humor. Her humor. Yeah. Her humor. Yeah. She had a lot of humor. A lot of humor about uh, men and women. Mm -hmm. I didn't have at all, and I don't have that kind of sense of humor. Mm. You've got a great sense of humor. I, yeah. I do what? It's different. It's different. Yes. Yeah. I have a question about your, your, your secret to living a long, healthy life. And with experiencing pain, tragedy, trauma, loss, sadness, you you continue to thrive in your see, life. You see, when you were touched inappropriately, mm -hmm. you probably would have come to me and say, Edie, I don't know how to tell you that mm -hmm. because you went to Auschwitz. Mm -hmm. And my answer would be, I knew the enemy, you didn't. Don't minimize it. Mm. You have the right to be angry, but not to hold on to it or live by it. You gotta go through the rage, scream it out. Yeah. yeah. But don't get addicted to it. Don't do anything in excess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Drinking, smoking. Right. Raging, yeah. Rage. Yeah. Well, rage is uh, fear. Yeah. Fear. And the biggest fear of a child is the fear of abandonment. Mm hmm That is important. Yeah. Especially in midlife. That is not a crisis, but a transition. You don't have your periods anymore, but you know, who wants to have babies anyway? Mm. No problem. Mm -hmm. um, but I work with midlife issues a lot on a daily basis. And it's a, it's a new beginning. Yeah. It's a new beginning. You become older and wiser. Mm -hmm.
not the ordinary seminar. Right. So you're going to write another book? Uh, yeah, working yeah. on another book, which has right. a lot of teachings about healing in the right. book as well. So and overcoming that. But uh, that's yeah, that's part of the vision. But I'm I'm curious for you though. What what do you feel like has been one of the keys to living a long, healthy life and uh, with challenges and tragedy? Not to lie to yourself. Mm-hmm. Not to not to try to please other people. Mm-hmm. Give up the need for approval of others. I think that's number one. If you like me, fine. If you don't, that's okay. It doesn't mean I was rejected. Rejection is an English word that people make up to express a feeling when you don't get what you want. Mm. Give up the drama. Yeah. No one can reject me but me. Mm. That's true. Don't say I was rejected. Nobody has any power. But you can reject yourself. You can. And that's the biggest betrayal, if you do it to yourself. You better have a talk with yourself. Mm -hmm. Find that little boy who is still crying and looking for a good, loving parent. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And be a good mommy to you. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you've Eat done... your spinach. <laughs> Do you feel like you've been a good parent to yourself over the years? I could have been better. Uh, but the two questions are important. Number one, when did your childhood end? Mm. If you're a child of an immigrant, you end up taking care of your parents. You never had a childhood. You never had a childhood. Very important. And the second question is, would you like to be married to you? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yes. You gotta reflect. I ask people to ask themselves. What do people say, usually? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's up to you. Mm-hmm. Who do you attract? That's true. That's true. Is there anything else you'd like to share today? Anything else that's opening up for you that you want to talk about? My 95th birthday party. When is was, it? What, was, was recently? a couple of weeks ago. Wow. I was, thank you. 95. Thank you. Feeling alive, 95. Feeling young. Feeling young. Young. Energetic, passionate. That's right, dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, celebrating. So the question is, how can you turn life into a constant celebration? Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that. How do you do that? Every moment is precious. Never throw out a piece of bread. Mm -hmm. Only buy what you eat. Yeah. Cook for yourself. Don't go to a restaurant so much. Mm. Because it has a lot of salt Mm -hmm. and a lot of sugar. Yeah. Tastes so good though. (laughs) Cook, cook. Yeah. Cook for yourself. Mm -hmm. And enjoy. Yeah. Every moment in life. Right. That's beautiful. Don't procrastinate and get rid of perfectionism. Mm-hmm. I love those. Yeah, you're human. You're going to make mistakes. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You've got a, a couple of amazing books, The Choice and The Gift, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I'm a big fan of. And... I know for years you said you didn't have anything to write about, but those books are incredible. Uh, I highly recommend people getting them. Oprah loved them as well and, you know, has shared them out and talked to you about those. It's, it's really impacted a lot of people in life. So I really appreciate and acknowledge you for how you continue to thrive, how you continue to serve and give back to so many of us uh, in our lives. So I really appreciate and acknowledge you. 
Thank you. Uh, Dr. Edith, for your, your service Thank and you. your wisdom and your joy. Um, I want people to get your books. We'll have it all linked up for people, but you also have a course, which is really inspiring as well. Yes, we have a wonderful course, and I think we have now about 2,000 people who signed up. But I think it's very important, hopefully for me, to write a book for teenagers. Are you going to be doing that now? I, I would like to do that. I'd like to really see that teenagers mm -hmm. can become uh, ambassadors. That's beautiful. Ambassadors for peace. Teens of the future. And goodwill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we need to take the children seriously and uh, have conversations with them that is age appropriate. Yes, yes. I can't wait for that book. You have to let me know so we can have you back on for exactly. that book as well. Exactly. Um, but the course, I know you have a free course about forgiveness as well. Yes. So I want people to get the free course and we'll have it all linked up on your site, dredithegger.com. And um, forgiveness and has a great deal to do with letting go, letting go. So my definition of love is the ability to let go. Mm, yeah. Whatever you're holding on to, let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Not, not going back mm -hmm. and new beginning. Mm -hmm. So That's you're beautiful. pregnant and you're going to give birth to the you mm. that was meant to be free. Mm -hmm. Freedom is everything. Yeah. Freedom from the concentration camp that is in your own mind mm. and the key is in your pocket. Wow. That's a part of your free course that people can get right Definitely. now. And then if they want even more, you've got your advanced course, Unlocking Your Potential. So I want people to get yeah. both of those. Good. That's beautiful. Okay. I have two final questions. Do you have time for two more questions? Sure. Okay. I believe I asked you this last time, uh, but I want to ask you again. Um, and it's called the, the three truths question. Okay. So it's a hypothetical que question. Scenario. Truth is all subjective. Exactly. My this, truth, your truth. Exactly, exactly. So I want you to imagine a, a hypothetical scenario. For whatever reason, you uh, have to take all of your books and conversations and courses and work yes. with you somewhere. We don't have access to your content. Right. And all we have access to are these three truths, these three lessons that mm -hmm. you've learned in your life that you'd like to share with the world. Mm -hmm. What would be those three truths that you could share? If you could only share three things and we wouldn't have access to any other content you've created, what would be those three truths? Suffering makes me stronger. Mm -hmm. Become your own good parent to you. Mm-hmm. And find your little child in you who is crying and asking for a good parent and you show up for that child. The little boy, the little girl. And how anything you do, ask yourself whether it's empowering you or deplete you. These are three powerful And truths. don't say, just this time, nobody's going to find out, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm sure. going to have this drink. <laughs> just now. Yeah, is it empowering or depleting you? Yeah, that's beautiful. You need beautiful. to know whether it's really mm -hmm. important that you become your own good parent. Yeah, that's beautiful. And then whether you're going to act upon it or not. Mm -hmm. Positive thinking has nothing to do with anything unless it's followed with a positive action. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Well, Dr. Edith, I want to uh, acknowledge you. I appreciate you for how you continue to show up, how you continue to serve, how you continue to give. That's what it's all your, about. Your joy, your generosity, yes. your attention, your time, 
and your wisdom. So I really acknowledge and appreciate you. I'm so grateful for you. And uh, I can't wait to have some some chicken from you soon. That's right. I'm going to come and get some chicken from you. We're going to have chicken together. But most of all, we're going to be colleagues. Yes. And uh, recognize that none of the academic knowledge Mm -hmm. really does any good unless you really have the knowledge of your life's work Mm -hmm. that you chose not to be a victim Mm. or the victimizer ever. Yeah, that's beautiful. My, My final question, what's your definition of greatness? is to show up for life. Mm -hmm. There you go. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's episode with all the important links. And if you want weekly exclusive bonus episodes with me personally, as well as ad-free listening, then make sure to subscribe to our Greatness Plus channel exclusively on Apple Podcasts. Share this with a friend on social media and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Let me know what you enjoyed about this episode in that review. I really love hearing feedback from you and it helps us figure out how we can support and serve you moving forward. And I want to remind you if no one has told you lately that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great.